Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. If he dismantles something in your life that you thought was going in the right way and things start to come apart, just let him do it. When things don't make sense to us or when they start to look wrong to the world or we start to feel like a failure, there is nothing I have been more grateful for in my own story than how my life just absolutely burned to the ground in my 20s. Wow. And I know how crazy that sounds. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services who does all of our financial accounting Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained, and Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up? and don't know what to get them, well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinapereira.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me. She is a teaching pastor, and she is the author of the new book, How to Stay Standing, Three Essential Practices for Building Faith that last. Please help me welcome Allie Patterson. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be with you today. Oh, thank you so much for being here with me. I really loved reading through your book and I felt like it was such an important book for right now. You know, this whole world is in this shaking, but mm -hmm. the promise still stands that if we build our lives on the rock of Jesus, that when the waves come, we will stay standing. So thank you so much for that. I told our listeners a lot about you. Can you share with them maybe something personal just to help get to know you? Sure, of course. Well, I'm sure you have listeners everywhere, but I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. I have four kiddos and well, they're really not kids anymore. They span from 11 to 17 and I do love being their mom, but I'll make a small confession. I absolutely hate to cook and that's a real problem for kids. So even right now, you know, I'm probably thinking about it because I know I need to go to the grocery store. I love my kids, but as a mom, it's rough when you don't like to cook. So I'm always looking for shortcuts because I do want them to eat well. I love to run. I'm doing a 5K this weekend. I guess 
in spring and summer, I do lots of walks and runs with friends. It's just one of my favorite ways to connect. I think running is a relational way to exercise. So I try to do that as much as I can. And I'm a longtime runner. Mm, I love that so much. You know, my new favorite way to spend time with the Lord is taking walks with him. I've been loving that lately. Do you do that? Oh my gosh. I do. I often, when I take a walk with the Lord, I like it to be in the woods. Like I'll hit a Mm. trail or something like that where I'm completely undistracted by, you know, cars and houses and people passing me and things. And sometime I will tell you the most beautiful experience that I had with the Lord on a walk in the woods. And it was to this day, one of my very, very favorite experiences with him. So yes, I'm a big fan. Although when I run, my mind tends to turn off. It's kind of my reset button. So if I go out to try to connect with the Lord, I need to like be somewhere different, not, you know, not my everyday running routine. I used to think, oh, I can go run and pray and all of that. And I just don't. It's a time where I'm just in nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I love when I want to walk with the Lord, I usually head to the woods. Mm, I love that so much. I just typically do my neighborhood, but that sounds really fun. Maybe I'll have to check out some trails because I love nature. I love those moments when you're just surrounded by the bigness of God and it just, you feel so small, you know, with this massive God. And to me, it's just so comforting. It's like whatever's going yes. on in your life in that moment. It just reminds you how big he is and how you're just totally wrapped in his arms and he's got it, you know? I think that's one of my favorite reasons to go out and explore his creation, you know, because I feel like I'm seeing new pieces of who he is. When I encounter things that he's made, that he's designed that I've never seen before or my eyes have never taken in, I think, oh, praise God, this is like... I didn't know you were like this. And it's like meeting a whole new aspect of him. So I enjoy the outdoors for that reason. But I still like a fluffy bed at the end of the day. (laughs) Yes, I do too. I do too. I don't know that I'm so much of a camper, though. I'll do it. You know, I'll do it if I have people with me who really like that. But yeah, I'd rather have have a fluffy bed. Yes. (laughs) I prefer glamping. You know? Oh, totally. Totally (laughs) would be a glamper myself. Definitely. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, so since this is revealing Jesus, I have to ask, how did you meet our beautiful Savior, Jesus? Well, I was a a junior in high school. It's the fall of my junior year in high school. And I grew up in a family that went to church. So I had some grid for Jesus and who he was, but he wasn't someone to me until I encountered him that fall. And so I'm not sure I even would have thought that I didn't know him, but I didn't know him. And in that fall, I was connected with a few people that I didn't really understand why they did some of the things that they did. I was very intrigued by this group of people around me that turned out they were Christ followers and they were living very authentic relationships with Jesus. It was very attractive to me. You know, I was kind of compelled or this small group of kids, and they were involved with these few leaders from a local church. So I started kind of hanging with them a little bit, and I heard the gospel, and it was like I heard it for the first time. The Holy Spirit just opened up my ears, and I understood it, and I received Christ on the 
living room floor of a couple named Pat and Jody. Mm-hmm. And Pat and Jody, you know, deeply matters. It's a witness for the love of Jesus. And I didn't understand discipleship. I didn't understand why they would care about us so much. I didn't understand why they would turn up at basketball games and want to hang out at different times. And my whole senior year in high school, the next year, Jody, she cooked lunch every single Thursday. We were allowed to leave our high school to go eat lunch locally. Every single Thursday when I was a senior in high school, she made this gigantic homemade lunch and we were able to bring whoever we wanted. And their genuine love and hospitality just further drew me into relationship with Jesus. And I saw authentic believers at a very young age. And I was just compelled to continue to live like I was watching them live. So it was very sweet year and a half or two. And I feel so incredibly blessed to have witnessed like authentic lovers of Jesus. It wasn't about religion, though they were very clear on the basics of, you know, scripture and prayer. And they were serious about those things, but they were deeply hospitable and loving in community. And I got to witness a lot of that at a young age. And I remain very thankful for that because I am aware that that's something a lot of people have to fight for and discover later on and work really hard to find. And I feel like the Lord just served up a truly authentic community. The other thing, which I know you'll love because I've listened to you, and I did not understand the Holy Spirit, but the night I received Christ, I was walking back to my car. I had driven myself to the meeting and I felt this. All I can tell you is I felt giddy. I felt this effervescent, this tangible presence of the Lord in a way that I can still remember Mm. to this day. And I later understood, oh, truly the Holy Spirit was present with me. And I couldn't make heads or tails of it at the time, but I was just overwhelmed with joy. I mean, overwhelmed with joy. And that, again, just really told me a lot about God that I didn't know I was learning at the moment. I thought, well, if this is God, then he's thrilled that I'm his. Like, I'm just overflowing with joy right now. And so, yeah, some of those early experiences, we don't have to understand God academically to experience him. And later, of course, I had a desire to know more, but... I had true, deep, authentic experience with lovers of Jesus and with the Holy Spirit at a young age. And so that was very formative for me. Mm, I love that so much. That is so important. You know, sometimes people will say to me, oh, you're religious or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm actually not. No. Yeah. (laughs) No, don't call me that. Please don't. Yeah. But yeah, having that real an authentic relationship with Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I loved reading about that in your book. You had a page actually that I highlighted and you talked about how we can practice these three essential steps to still staying standing, you know, when the waves come. Your book is based off of the parable of the wise and the foolish builders. And each one of us out there, we have lives. and if we're building our life with Jesus on his words and on his truth and on that intimate relationship with him, 
we are going to build on that solid rock versus mm-hmm. if we are not building with the words of Jesus and with that intimate relationship, we're at risk when the waves come. And you said something so powerful. When we come to Jesus, you said every time you come to him, it's always different. And when you have that real authentic relationship with him, it is always different because we're always in mm-hmm. different places, you know? You said sometimes we come to him in tears. Sometimes we come to him with joy. Sometimes we come to him just angry or asking for wisdom or however it is. Can you talk yes. about that? Yes. So I think this is what I fight for in the lives of the people that, you know, I'm blessed to be able to influence the spiritual lives of some folks. And this is what I'm after because when we will open ourselves authentically up to Jesus, he can deal with who we really are and the life we're really living, whether it's in that moment or whatever season we're in. But if we come to him and we just are authentic and open and honest before him, (laughs) that is the beginning of the things that can actually take place. You know, Jesus can't heal who you pretend to be. He can heal the real you. He can't deal with a life that you're not exposing to him, that you're not opening up to him. But when you choose to, you welcome him into those places. And so what I am always after in my life and the lives of other people that I can impact is the beginning point. Because if the beginning is real and open and honest with him, well, now he can really do something. But I know when we cover, when we hide, when we run, when we lie to ourselves or to him, when we won't come to him in those places, he can't really move and work. And that's what I want. I want the life that he can bring. I want the love and the healing and the light that he can bring into those places. But the point at which you engage him really, really matters. And so I'm a pusher, like I'll push and challenge for that, but it's because I love, you know, I know that if he can meet you in that most raw, most authentic place, whatever that looks like, um, sometimes that's great. And sometimes even coming in joy or in hope is vulnerable because we want to self-protect, you know, so it's not always bad or dark emotions or situations. But I think whatever the case might be, he wants us to be real in the midst of that. So I talk about that a lot because I want the authentic move of Christ in my life, in the life of other people. Mm, yes, that's so good. And, you know, if we want to be able to reach people We need to not only be authentic with God and allow him to speak into those places, but we need to take it a step further and be authentic with one another in the body of Christ and as we're witnessing to the world. Because if we don't let them really see who Jesus is, they can't connect to him. Now, it's funny you say that because one of the biggest things that the Lord has taught me with this book I start off in the introduction and I describe like, why would I be the one that writes this book? You know, why would I pick a book and pick this parable and all that? Just to give readers a little bit of context for my personal connection to the material that's in the book. And one of the biggest lessons that the Lord, I mean, he's just driven this in deeply to me in the last handful of months since the release of the book is people connect to the story that he's telling through your life. And I want people to love the scriptures and I love to teach the Bible and I want you to love the Bible too. But the access point is you. 
And that's why each of us is so critical to the spiritual lives of the people around us, because you are the way that someone else will experience what Jesus can do. And so for a long time, I ran from my own story because it's messy and ugly and painful and dark at times. And through the book, I really saw very clearly that the most poignant, the most important things that God can do with my life, well, it makes sense. They're going to come through the story that he's written about who he is and what he can do and his power and glory through my life. You know, that's where I have the most authentic ability to speak to who Jesus is and his power and what he can do. Mm, That is so good. I love that so much. I think it's so needed and I watch the Lord all across the body of Christ bring a vulnerability and an honesty. And it's been beautiful to see. Yes. So important. It's so important. Because, I mean, what are we doing? Who are we fooling? Like, we're not not fooling anyone. We're not helping anyone. Do you know how many people are just simply relieved? Grace should feel like relief. And my story, and I'm sure most people who authentically open up their real messy life and how Jesus has intercepted them, hopefully I bring grace with me so that when we talk, you don't feel like you need a perfect life to meet Christ because you don't. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think the church says one thing, we'll say that, but then the way that we live is, oh, we don't talk about the messy stuff. Right. You know, right. So I'm sorry it doesn't work that way. You have to say it and live it. Mm-hmm. And people see, I think, a lot in the church that we say Jesus welcomes you under any circumstances, but then we don't actually open up our own. And it's just not good enough. We need both. We need the truth of scripture and the real story. Amen. Amen. Get ready to take your faith to the next level. As you sit at Jesus' feet, your faith will grow as you hear His Word, commune with Him in prayer, and feast upon His faithfulness. In this beautiful journal, you can record your time with God. It includes 52 weekday entries, which can be used as a week or a day, depending on your preference. Record the scripture you're reading, your response to it in prayer, and a journal page plus an answered prayer section to record Jesus' faithfulness. Grab your colored pencils and Bible and be sure to get creative with the images. This journal will be a powerful memorial of your relationship with a living and loving Savior. Be sure to pick up a copy of At the Feet of Jesus Worship and Prayer Journal today. Links in the show notes or you can find a copy at Amazon or ChristinaPereira.org slash store. We really do. You know, I I love who Jesus is. Jesus himself is so vulnerable and so honest and so open. He never hides anything from his disciples. He's always willing to pour in. He's always willing to come up underneath of them and shore them up. It's that beautiful picture of that servant king, you know, the one who has all wisdom, power, and authority, healing, Mm -hmm. provision, coming up underneath of us. And so I love that you talked about that in your book. You actually put some analogies in there about how when you would come to Jesus and you would spend time with him, how he would drive like additional peers or like support into your foundation of who you are in Mm -hmm. Christ. 
Um, yes. And can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yes. I mean, my life bears out the truth of the parable that I chose, which is why I would choose those particular words of Jesus to really focus on. And I built a life that should have been strong. You know, I was like, I got good grades. I worked really hard. I got a great job. I found a great guy. I did the things that the world teaches us to do. And it's not that that was bad or wrong. Mm-hmm. Some of those things have what I think, you know, scripture would indicate is a worldly wisdom, right? It's mm-hmm. good to work hard, right? Yes. Yep. It's good to use your gifts to the best of your ability, right? Those are not bad things, but that is wisdom that we can find around us in the world. And that's essentially what I used to build my life. And what I did not understand at the time was even good, strong people who want to live a decent life, we are not strong enough without Jesus. We will not stand unless he is very specifically the foundation, the foundation of our job, why we're doing what we're doing. You know, no matter what we do, where is Jesus in that? Like, are you really connected to him in that? Are you living it through him, with him, on him? And our marriage, gosh, mine, I am still by the grace of God married to the same man. But at the beginning, we didn't build our marriage on him. We built it on like-mindedness and romance and the fact that we both have a similar vision for the future and, you know, we were in love and those are all fine things, but that's not Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we had to learn the very, very hard way that your marriage will rise and fall on the foundation that's under you. And so for me in my life, I went through circumstances in my early 20s where basically everything came crashing down and I realized, oh my. I didn't build any of this on Jesus. Mm. And that is really when I turned to God to truly become the very foundation of my life. And that's when I started building a life on him. And it took a long time. It wasn't, you know, it sounds nice now, but Mm. it was messy and painful. And he, again, was so kind to me to kind of burn things down that weren't going to work. Yeah. And that's really my heart for people reading the book is I think a lot of us truly decent people truly want to be a good friend, a good daughter, a good, you know, have a good marriage or whatever. We're just actually not building on Jesus. And a lot of times we don't know that until it's too late. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what he teaches in that parable, Mm -hmm. that it's the trouble, it's the waves coming, it's the storm coming that will show you okay, what did I really build on? Because you'll either stand or fall. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. You know, and that's where we come back to that intimate relationship. And the most amazing thing that I found is that Jesus has a specific building plan for each of our lives. But to get that plan, we need to sit at his feet. We need to be in his word. We need to be able to hear his voice, hear from him to implement the words that he's saying to build in a specific way. Because yes, I'm sure your life, you would have chosen a different path, you know, had he not intervened in those moments. Can you imagine where you would be today had he not intervened? I am like, I'm wide-eyed about it because what the Lord did in my life 
is that step-by-step exactly what you just described. It was a, okay, first, you and I, let's be intimate together. Like, let's get to know each other. Let me show you who you are. Let me show you what it's like to hear my voice, to understand my word, to really be in community with other believers that can be my strength for you sometimes and, you know, that you can link arms with and know what it feels like to be part of a community, a body, you know, that's mine. And so all those kind of foundational things and then slowly, little by little, I would come to these crossroads. And by then I was used to going back to him and saying, okay, what do I do now? (laughs) And that's what I think he's after in all of our lives you know, you called it a building plan. He doesn't want us to take the narrative that culture is offering us about how to live your life. Right. He wants to give you one. And ours are going to look different. It takes a lot of work. I mean, even now I find myself at change points right now in my life. And I have to, in a very disciplined, intentional way, go back to him and not just look around at others or wonder, you know, oh, I guess I should be doing this next. Well, He has a lot to say about the things that are important in your life at the time. And it takes a lot of courage to listen to that because a lot of times it won't look like what other people are doing and it won't follow the quote unquote plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I mean, at all those intersections in my relationship with him and as he's built the kind of life that I have today, boy, I don't always know. I don't know about you, but it's one of those things where the risk to follow him, you don't know in that moment. I just kind of go, okay, to the best of my ability, based on, you know, what I believe you're saying, I'm going to take this risk and move in this way. Yeah. And the thing is, that is the whole deal right there. Mm. He wants that kind of trust. Yeah. He can clean up all the other stuff, no problem. You know, if you step down the wrong path, I'm not one of those people who thinks there's a right version of your life and that it's your job to kind of unlock the secret to that. Mm-hmm. I actually think we co-create our life with the Lord as we walk with him. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. And we are not in control of people around us and circumstances around us. So the quote unquote plan, it could be changing by the minute, you know? And I think that's always why it comes back to me and him in true relationship. Mm -hmm. And there's some questions I'm asking right now about my future that I'm really kind of wrestling with him over and saying, okay, these are the facts. I don't know what you're saying. I want to hear your voice on this. Mm-hmm. The facts aren't good enough. What makes sense isn't good enough. What the world would say isn't good enough. I want you. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you think. Yeah, that's where the power is. That's where the fruit comes from, is hearing what he's saying and doing what he's doing. You know, Jesus often demonstrated that in his life here on the earth, he would say, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. And the Lord was just pressing this upon me earlier this morning. He was saying, everything is done in the will of the Father through the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the triune God working with you, co-creating, just like you said. I believe that as well. 
but we are co-creators mm -hmm. with him. He wants to hear what's on our heart. He puts dreams in our heart. He wants our feedback. Like he wants to live in this life with him. And But ultimately we trust him. You know, if he says go and do this, even though just like you said, it doesn't look good on paper, we go and do that and we see the fruit. And I just want to encourage you guys out there, if it's taking a long time and it seems like God is really taking a long time to build your foundation, I want to encourage you with this. The bigger the house, the bigger the foundation. And so he, <laughs> he may be doing something in you that you may not see for years to come, but keep going. Boy, isn't that the truth? Also, I will second that by saying, if he dismantles something in your life that you thought was going in the right way and things start to come apart, just let him do it. When things don't make sense to us or when they start to look wrong to the world or we start to feel like a failure, there is nothing I have been more grateful for in my own story than how my life just absolutely burned to the ground in my 20s. Wow. <laughs> and I know how crazy that sounds, but now I look back and I think, boy, I could have. And the Lord, you know, he would have come after me again. I know I was already his. He would have found another way. I'm confident. Yeah. However. The fact that we went down to the bottom and I didn't fight him, like it, it just all came apart and I went eat and went, I guess I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we hold things together on our own strength because we don't want the consequences of them coming apart all the way. Mm -hmm. And I'm just a big like proponent of let him do it for goodness sakes, let him do it because Whatever's on the other side of that is going to be stronger and better and what much more beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. You know, I was thinking, you said you called it crazy, but I call it brave. You know, it, I think courage is key. There's no doubt because you're not going to ever know for certain the direction of your life. And I love a good plan. Oh my goodness. I know. I, I do love a good plan. <laughs> I, I will write you a great plan. And oftentimes I've found the Lord's like, your plan has a place. It's just not at the front, you know? Yeah. So, but I'm a very organized, planned person. And that can get in the way because, hey, when you got a plan, you don't have to be too brave. You've already mapped it all out. Mm -hmm. So whenever I feel him kind of nudging me to risk, that's, that's truly where the whole book pushes is knowing which are the risks that God is putting in front of me that come toward the life that he uniquely has for me. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Well, is there anything burning on your heart that you'd like to say directly to our listeners? Either I'll this is related to what we've been talking, but we haven't hit it right on the head. I will say repentance is a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a gift from God. I was reading in Acts chapter 11 just this morning, as a matter of fact, and I highlighted Acts eleven eighteen, and it says they're discussing that God has given the Holy Spirit to the Gentiles, and, and it says, then to the Gentiles, God has also granted the repentance that leads to life. 
And I was really struck by those words because that's a privilege. That's a privilege. It's a privilege to be able to turn back to God and say, okay, I didn't do it your way. Will you, I want to invite you in. I'm coming to you intentionally for you and I want you. And that's the kind of repentance that leads to life. And it's a gift. And it's also scary and messy and hard and sometimes painful, but repentance is a gift. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, and it's not anything scary. It simply means changing the way you think about something. So when you come to Jesus and you're like, Lord, I can't do this. And he's like, yes, you can. I will do it through you. Mm-hmm and you change your mind and believe him, you're repenting right there. Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, what flows from that is the life that you were talking about, where you you walk together into whatever that is. So good. So good. Well, I just love you. I feel like we connect really well. I love you. I thank you so much because it is rare to meet someone where, like, you just have a similar heart for Christ and mine, you know, Listen, I love a good bullet point. I love to teach the Bible, but at heart of all of that is my deepest, deepest desire for anybody that I encounter is that you bring your real self before the Lord and he will never turn that down. Never. And all the things that flow from that honest face, it's all the beauty of my life. It just is. Mm, I love that so much. I love it. Well, before we go today, would you pray for our listeners, whatever the Lord puts on your heart? Yes, I would love to. Well, Father, first of all, I just thank you for your son. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who without him, well, I have no hope. And so I just deeply thank you for the life that you've offered me through him, in him, and with him. I pray that anyone listening If you're after us, Lord, to repent and to come to you, then I pray that any small place in my life, in the life of anyone who hears this, that you would make clear where you're calling us to repentance, because repentance and turning back to you and coming to you in those spaces is such a gift. So, Father, I want abundant, full, amazing life for every single person listening, and I pray that you would help us to turn to you, even in those hard or small places that we might not see why they matter. And um, don't give up on us. Keep coming after us until we are living in the fullness and wholeness and power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good, Allie. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being here with me today. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, good. Well, I hope and I pray today's episode has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast and resources in the show notes on cpnshows.com under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Allie Patterson. And don't forget to pick up a copy of her new book, How to Stay Standing, Three Essential Practices for Building Faith That Lasts. Until next week. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. 
Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.